Welcome to Morning Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to another morning devotion. I hope you're alert and alive because the world needs more alerts. Okay, I really dated myself there. Yeah, that used to be a bumper sticker. But anyway, thank you for being a part of our morning devotion crowd and just celebrating another day that the same God who created this world, who said we are moving into a land that there will be sowing and reaping, there will be seed time and harvest. The sun will rise and the sun will set and the seasons will pass. And amen, this too shall pass. Thank you for being a part of this. Thank you, all of those that were part of our impromptu prayer. I've never done a prayer service on Facebook Live, but thank you. I Early this morning, I got up and I, I was going through my prayer list from yesterday. These are four pages. I've called your names out in prayer this morning, as I do each day with all of the needs that you leave out to the side. So thank you for being a part of this. Coming to you on Facebook Live now for a little over a year, started YouTube Live. And uh, those of you that depend upon the transcriptions below and the words below, I'm not sure what's going on. Everything's activated. It's called on. So if you're not seeing uh, that transcription, I'm not sure what's going on. But we will figure it out. Amen. Amen. Isn't that the mantra of the hour? We're going to figure this out. We live in uncertain seasons and times. I think it's good to center ourselves, to center ourselves on God and what God seeks in our lives, what God seeks for our country, what God seeks for us as a people. Because we're living in times when the news is uniformly bad, even alarmist. We've got a world filled with panic and despair, a world where the emotional toll is probably, I would say, more than we can imagine. The anguish, the anxiety of many. And without God, without God, where would we be right now going through this season without him to turn to? How lost would we be during this season? And uh, I see people that don't have the mooring and the anchor of hope that we have, and it, and it concerns me for them. Without a godly and sacred space to say, we're here for you, we're with you, and that, that's what this is, this morning devotion crowd. So as you join in, like the page, follow the page, share the page. I've grown attracted to a certain name of God. There's over a thousand titles and names for God in the Bible. One of them is Emmanuel. God is with us. He is with us in our good times and bad times. He's with us in our trials and triumphs. He's with us in our victories and our sufferings. He's with us in the low and the high valleys. He's the one who said, I'll never leave you. I will never forsake you. He's with us always, even to the end of the world. And the world has not ended yet, even though some have prophesied its destruction at any moment. But we're turning to the God who created this world, that heaven is his throne, earth is his footstool. We look to him and we seek his 
face. Can I get a witness to that? So thank you, Nancy, Susan, Virginia, Bill, Martha. Thank you for being here. We seek God. But what does God seek? And that's the question today. What is God really looking for? It's an interesting study in the Bible. It reveals God's values, his promises, his heart. And I want to anchor this devotion, this 12th day of 21 days of prayer and fasting. Let me anchor it where we are right now at this moment. Uh, we, we hear that there's five and a quarter million cases of this virus in the United States, 530,000, about a tenth of them are in the state of Texas. We're hearing all sorts of voices. Wow. The voices. The Bible says there's a multitude of voices in the land, and we're hearing them. We're hearing muddled voices, mixed messages. Some say this is the most serious thing we've ever seen. Others on the opposite extreme say this big hoax is nothing but a conspiracy. And I suspect the truth is found somewhere in between. It's not the most serious thing the world's faced. I mean, remember the Great Flood? And uh, it is serious, but it's not the Great Flood. It is exaggerated, but people are still suffering and dying. Some are saying, well, I'll just hide until it others it's over. And others are just saying, well, just act like, act like it's not even here. And again, I suspect the appropriate response is somewhere in between. Uh, it's real, but we can't hide in caves because what happens to us when we hide our self-imposed hibernation will probably be more harmful than the disease itself. I'm not a doctor, but that's my personal opinion. Some say trust science. Others say trust yourself. Some say don't trust anybody. But here in the morning devotion group, we're saying trust God. You can lean on him with all of your heart. We are looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Amen. Amen. I believe that with all of my heart. I just feel, I just feel like this is a day and this is an hour. This is an hour we need to center ourselves as a people, as a nation, upon the God whom we say we trust in. What is God? looking for? What is God seeking in this world right now? You see, God is a seeker, and he made us like that. He made us in his image. He sought Adam and Eve in the garden after they sinned. He looked for them. He sought for them. He searched for them. God made us to be seekers as well. Jesus said, I came to seek. The Son of Man came to seek and to save. That's what that which was lost. God seeks. Shall the son of man find faith when he comes to this earth? He seeks faith. He seeks people. He seeks the marginalized one. He seeks the bruised and the broken, the hurting and the wounded and the miserable amongst us. God seeks. Do you remember what the religious people, those 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 holy folk of Christ's days said of him, he ate with sinners. That was the greatest indictment they could think of Jesus Christ, is he ate with sinners. He reached and seeked for the lost. Why is it? Well, that was his mission, of course. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He wants all men and women saved. He wants you saved, your children saved, your family saved. He's not willing that any should perish. It's not his will that anybody perishes, but he wants all to come to repentance. 
But there's something more and there's something deeper beneath that stated goal that he's seeking the lost. Why is God seeking the lost? Why does God want people say, well, you say, well, it's to avoid hell. Yes. It's to transform them. It's to change their lives. Yes. It's to shower them with his love and favor. Yes. I would say, I would say all of that is true, but there's something at the root of it all. Why does God seek to save the lost? Why? Why? There's something at the root. It was due to that Samaritan woman, the woman who had a lot of strikes against her, that God revealed the reason of why he seeks to save people, what he's really looking for. This woman had a lot of strikes against her. She was a Samaritan, and and her ancestors had turned their backs on the true and living God. Uh, they viewed Samaritans, Jews, as compromisers. She was a she. For a woman to speak with a holy man in public place was to suggest something unseemly at that day and that hour. She'd been married five times. She was living with a man that was not her husband. And perhaps it was shame that brought her to the well at the noon hour. Not an ordinary time for a woman to go to the well. We read of people going to the well in the mornings and the evenings. But at noon, this is an unusual occasion. Maybe she went to avoid the crowds. Maybe she went to avoid the gossip of the village women. But it was there at the noon hour where Jesus said, I must needs go through Samaria. And he had sent his disciples away because they probably would not have understand. It was there he had an encounter with this woman. She met the Messiah. And to her, of all people, God revealed what he was really looking for. Jesus said, the hour comes and now is. When true worshipers will worship him, not in one mountain, Gerizim, or in Zion, but will worship him in spirit and truth. And he said this, God seeks true worshipers. God is seeking you and me to worship. If that Westminster confession is accurate, and I believe it is, that our purpose for being here is to glorify God and to worship him and to enjoy him forever. What God is really looking for is a worshiper. God is seeking someone to praise him. And oh Lord, if you come into this morning devotion and I believe you, you're here, you said we're two or three gathered, you're in our midst. Uh, Lord, fi- be pleased. Find worshipers in our midst right now. God, you're looking for worship in, in, in a dark world right now. You're looking for diamonds in the roughest of places. Uh, like that former slave trader, John Newton, uh, who, who found God and said, I once was lost. He wrote, I once was lost. Now I'm found was blind, but now I see uh, he was the author of amazing grace because God seeks worshipers. What God seeks, what God seeks, what he really seeks, he's looking for lost people to be found. He seeks worshipers. Now, I want you to think about that a moment. What is a worshiper? If God's really seeking a worshiper, what is a worshiper other than a, a seeker? A worshiper is a seeker. That's why David said, seek the Lord, seek his strength, 
seek his presence continually. First Chronicles 16. Yeah, a worshiper is a seeker. Paul said in Romans 3, how do you know who's righteous? How do you know who's righteous? He said, there's none righteous, no, not one. And he said, why? Why? Why do we know there was not anybody righteous? He said, none seek the Lord, that a righteous person is a seeker. Jeremiah said in the 29th chapter, you will, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Remember on the Sermon of the Mount, when you ask, when you seek, when you knock, uh, that God is looking for a seeker. God is looking for a worshiper, and a worshiper is a seeker. The writer of Hebrews says what pleases God. He says faith. Faith pleases God. Without it, you can't please God. It's faith that causes a person to draw near to God. It's faith uh, that believes he rewards those, here we go, who diligently seek after him. God seeks. What is God really seeking? God seeks seekers. Yeah. God is seeking people who will seek after him. How do I know if I'm a worshiper? How do I know that I'm seeking his face, that I'm crying out to him, that I'm calling uh, Becky and Joe and Catrice and Tracy and Kirk and Glenda? When you and I gather and we seek after the face of God, we are the ones that God's really seeking for. He is seeking seekers. Can I carry it one step farther, though? You ready? One step farther. How do I know if I'm one God who seeks? Am I seeking after him? That's the first thing. The second thing, how do I know if I'm one that God really seeks after if I'm seeking others on his behalf, the seeker seeks seekers to seek others. It's the perpetual flow of God. Do you remember that parable of the great feast that Jesus told? I, I love it. it. Was He told this parable while seated in the house of a Pharisee. Uh, talk about eating with sinners. Anyway, in the story, Jesus told them that a Master gave a great feast and out invitation to all the expected people, you know, the who's who in the community. But everybody that was invited made excuses. And when the servant returned saying, nope, they're not coming. Every one of them had an excuse. The master got angry. He could have shut the banquet down, but he didn't. Instead, the master said, listen, servant, I want you to go out into the streets of the city. And I want you to seek out and bring the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind. And when the servant returned, saying there was yet room at the tables, the master said, then go out into the highways and the byways and the hedges and compel them to come. And I love these action verbs, to seek, to go, to bring, to compel. The servant was to keep going, keep bringing, keep seeking until there was no room at the master's table. God seeks seekers. Seekers who seek after him and seek other and seekers who seek others on his behalf. The divine invite list shocked the religious of the day. Who would involuntarily invite the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind? Yeah, but then Jesus shocked them even more and said that not a single person who refused the master's invitation would ever taste of the master's 
feast. You see, Jesus taught religiously entrenched people that the divinely ordained task was to seek people that nobody else wanted. And that's why at the opening of his public ministry, Jesus said, let me just tell you, I've come to preach the gospel to the poor. I've come to heal the brokenhearted. I've come to preach deliverance to the captive and to recover sight to the blind and to free the bruised. In other words, I want my table to be filled. I want my table to be filled with those that are unwelcome elsewhere, those that are marginalized by society, those that are beyond the reach of the in crowd and the us for and no more crowd. Can I give you a few qualities of the seeker? The seeker, some of you just, you might just want to list these out beside. Here's the seeker in this parable. He had to have a personal relationship with the master. Yo, yes, he did. He had to know the master and the master's will. Second of all, the seeker must be willing to listen to the master's voice, uh, to shut out the voices of the majority. Did anybody say media? To shut out the voices of the majority and tune in to the still small voice of the master. Number three, a seeker must be prayed up. It was Eliezer, Abraham's servant. You remember he was going to find a bride for Isaac uh, and he prayed and said, Lord, let it be the one who draws water for not just me, but for the camels. Let let her be the one. We've got to be prayed up. Each of us must go forth weeping, bearing precious seed if we're to seek those that God wants us to find. Number four, a seeker must know the Lord's message. He's got to know this is an invitation. We didn't come to judge the world. We came to help God save the world. It's not our judge to say, uh, I believe that one's worthy, that one's worthy. It's just our job to say, who so ever will, irrespective of background, economic level, race, language, popularity. And then fifth, a seeker must be willing to be inconvenienced. As Moses, you've got to turn aside from your plan schedule. You've got to turn aside because God wants something out of you. You got to be like that good Samaritan, not the Levite and priest that's being willing to walk on the other side of the road. God seeks seekers. One of my favorite stories is told by Tony Campolo in a book called The Kingdom of Heaven is Like a Party. He told of a time when he traveled from the East Coast to Hawaii to speak at a conference. Time changed. It's hard to sleep. 3 a.m. He was in a coffee shop in Honolulu. A group of women who had been working the streets entered the shop. And Campolo thought this was probably a good time to make an exit until he heard one of the women named Agnes say her birthday was tomorrow. And the other women mocked and cheered her. They didn't care it was her birthday. But Campolo got the manager's attention and said, do they come in here every night? And he said, every night, like clockwork. He's, and so he paid the manager, bake her a birthday cake. And the next night, sometime after midnight, Tony got to the diner and started decorating the place with balloons and banners and word began to spread quickly on the streets. And soon that old diner was packed to capacity with the homeless and the addicts and the street people when Agnes and her group entered. They shouted and sang happy birthday to her. Her knees almost buckled. She had to be helped to a chair. When the manager said, Agnes, blow out the candles and the cake, she did so and then paused and said, I've never had a birthday party. No one's ever baked me a cake. Could I just keep the cake for a while to look at it? And as the words settled in, 
the place grew very quiet. And Tony Campolo said, why don't we join hands and let's begin to pray. He began to pray aloud and strong for Agnes and for her salvation, that the love of God would reach her and everyone in that restaurant. There wasn't a dry eye in the diner when he got through praying. After he finished praying, the manager leaned over the counter and said, hey, hey, you never told me you were a preacher. You never told me that. What kind of church do you belong to? And Tony, Tony Campolo said, I, I, I thought I didn't know quite, I wasn't quite sure what to say. But then I said these words, I belong to a church that throws party for street people at 3.30 in the morning. And the manager said, no, you don't, because if there was a church like that, every one of us would be in it. I just wonder, I just wonder, do we have a light on in our spirit? Do we have something on our face that says, yes, that there are people out there that need to be reached? One of you last night listening on your prayer request said, I just pray that somebody, that my child who's lost and stray from God will cross paths with someone who will care for them. The parable of the great feast tells us God seeks people who seek him, who invite others to the master's table. Can I just tell you, God is seeking and what God really seeks are seekers. And if you are a godly person, you'll seek him with all of your heart and you will seek others for your entire life. Folks, the hour is getting late. It's getting late. I know it's morning devotion, but in a spiritual sense, the hour is growing late. And what we do, we must do quickly. And there's been a question that's perplexed me this week. It's been in my mind. Uh, you know, I, I said, Emmanuel, God with us. But here's the question that's in my mind. If not us, who? If we are unwilling to seek God and to seek and to save that which was lost, then who will? Who will go? Who will reach out? Who will reach out for the lost and suffering? In this day 12 of 21 days of prayer, oh, could we fall in love again with God and reach after him? He seeks that. He seeks worshipers. But then could we hear him say, my house is full. My fields are empty. Will you go and work in the field? Will you go reach those that are suffering, that are lost? And even in this sheltering in place and even in this strange world, would you allow my love to radiate through you and be used mightily of God in this day? Thank you. Thank you for being a part of this. Thank you for sharing this with others and making this community so meaningful. Would you reach out to others? Would you come back through the prayer list and pray one for another? Would you let somebody know on this devotion that everybody cares because God is seeking seekers? God bless you. Thank you for being a part of this. I look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to Morning Devotion with Ken Gurley. Join us next time for another inspiring devotion. To support this ministry, please visit firstchurch.com forward slash give.